We are live from the living room. I'm Blake Anderson. And I'm Colton Countryman. And today we're going to be talking about some MLB news, the NBA MVP race, and the race for the eighth seed in the Western Conference, as well as some NFL news and the possibility of college football being postponed. Say it ain't so. <laughs> Hopefully not. We all want some football. We're praying for some football, man. To start off with the MLB today, uh, Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals series canceled once again. It was scheduled, they were scheduled to play the Pirates today and still having some positive cases for the COVID, which means now they've not played since July 29th and will now have to play 55 games in under 50 days. And, you know, that's probably going to take a pretty big toll on the Cardinals, especially that's a, a team that you could look for. Yeah, I mean, it's, if they get in the playoffs, they're going to be so gassed. I, mean, I, I don't see – I see it being a very hard, hard road ahead for the Cardinals to get back in. Their season has just officially been killed. <laughs> Pretty much. Do not have high hopes for them. <laughs> you know, well, they're not Miami Marlins, man. No one can overcome it like the Miami Marlins. <laughs> winners Surprise and losers. Week two, Blake. Yeah, potential winner. Yes. Yeah, so our winners and losers of week two. I have um, the Oakland A's and. What I just mentioned before, the Miami Marlins. Miami Marlins are seven and three, and they're at the top of their division right now. They're looking fine and dandy, believe it or not. A lot of people already ruled them out this year. Last year, they lost over 100 games, and look at them right now in the thick of things. Oakland A's, they're on an eight game winning streak right now, and they're looking really solid. Uh, looks like they're actually probably going to run away with their division this year. Sorry, Astros, you're not going to catch up. Which makes me say, one of my losers, Houston Astros. Hates, I hate to say it, being a Houston fan, but holy moly, man, they looking like the old Astros, the 100, 100 lost teams every season Astros, and it's just, it looks bad. And, you know, like they got in the brawl the other, the other night with the Oakland A's. They're just they're letting everything get the best of them right now, not looking good. And then my other loser is the Boston Red Sox. They just – no. Okay, that's all. Just, just no. no. That's all we just, just know. About them. Just they just no. look bad, man. Complete opposite of what they looked like a year ago. So, Colton, what are your winners and losers for week two in the MLB? I'll start with my losers going off of that. Like, uh, just looking bad to compare to a year ago. Talking about first to worst, the Nationals. The, going from the World Series championships last year to now only having a handful of wins have massively underperformed or expected to be one of the top 10 teams still in the league and are just not living up to that hype and expectation. And then the other loser, same as you, the Astros, I think that they've been playing into their emotions a lot lately. I think this was a put up or shut up year for them and they need to shut up because they haven't done squat. <laughs> uh they very plain in their emotions. They've gotten in two fights now. I uh, expect to see more um, suspensions handed out from the MLB again for a team that's already down Verlander. Now you're going to be down a couple more players. Altuve is not playing to what was expected and to not at all. At all. Um, so the Astros right now, I think, is is becoming a broken organization that needs to figure it out. Mm. 
You know, going back to Altuve, I've never seen him in his whole career be so frustrated as he was the other night. There was one moment he struck out. He just, like, slammed the bat into the ground. He's that frustrated. What and a middle school move, move to do. Like, <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, he kind of looks like a toddler. He's so short. That's true. He's, like, five foot or something. Like I don't know. Like, remember when they compared him to him to Aaron Judge, and, like, he was, like, half of Aaron Judge? I think he went up to Aaron Judge's hip. Which goes back to say, now looking back on it, Aaron Judge should have took the MVP that year, not Altuve. <laughs> He's 5'6". I just looked it up. 5'6". I mean, it's, it's kind of short, but not that short. No. Honestly, I expect him to be shorter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to my winners, the Oakland A's and the Yankees. Um, A's have the best record in the league. I've been performing really exceptionally well. Uh, embarrassed my Rangers a little bit the other night um, with their pitching. And them and them and the Yankees, their, their pitching rotations this year have it figured out. Um, Garrett Cole leading the way for the Yankees uh, has been one of the best pitchers in the league. And, and really – We take- miss you, Garrett Cole. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, <laughs> really, just those are the two teams to beat now. I think that they're going to end up with the two best records in the league if they continue to play this way and have it figured out. So, um, yeah, I'll be looking out for them. But moving on to the NBA now, there has been a lot of talk about the team of the West, the battle for L.A., Clippers or the Lakers, Blake, who do you got? Neither. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I'm going with the Clippers here. I think the Clippers are um, better just all over the board, in my opinion. I know the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but the Clippers have Kyle Leonard, Paul George. You got Pat Beverly. You have Lou Williams coming off. Onward and forward. Onward and forward. We go... Okay, <laughs> moving on. Um, Washington releases running back Darius Geis after his domestic violence incident. And, yeah, I just think the Clippers are going to be the team to beat in the Western Conference. I think they can handle the Lakers. I think they can handle anybody right now. I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I think the Lakers are the better team, just – the Clippers have been playing some better ball lately, if that makes sense. Like, LeBron has missed a couple games. Caruso's missed a couple games. And we all know it's a Caruso. It's Caruso's team. It's Caruso and the Lakers. But um, I, I think the LeBron James-Anthony Davis duo, when healthy, out there on the court is the best duo in the league. I know Kawhi Leonard's probably the best de- – probably he is for sure the best defensive player in the league. But – I don't think him and Paul George measures up to be what LeBron James and Anthony Davis is. So I would give the edge to the Lakers given a playoff series. Uh, if it, if it was played between them, I think the, the Lakers would win at game seven. We'll see. They will most likely come down to those two teams anyways. Yeah. For most likely in the West. On paper it should at least. Yeah. Um, so it was announced a couple days ago that the MVP finalists will be Giannis, LeBron, and Harden. 
Uh, Blake, who, what do you think about those three, and, and who do you think is going to win? I mean, Harden posts amazing numbers, but given the team that he's on and as much as he shoots that boost his percentage, I mean, I just don't see – I don't see him ultimately becoming MVP this year, especially with how he usually performs in the playoffs. Um, I don't see the Rockets going super deep anyways as well, which is another thing that's going to hurt Harden. I think it'd be more down to, you know, LeBron or Giannis. And um, even then, I think LeBron's almost – I feel LeBron's more this year taking a back seat at times compared to the younger guys on the Lakers and – I feel Giannis is always putting the team on his back, and Giannis is the the huge piece. And re- the, the Bucks revolve. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he revolved. The team revolves around him, and I think he's going to go back to back two MVPs in a row. Yeah, I think Harden. I think Harden's a great player. I don't think he's necessarily on the same level as LeBron or Giannis. I don't think that. I don't think it's really he's in consideration. I think it's between LeBron and Giannis. And LeBron, obviously, one of the best players in the NBA has been for the past 10 years. Um, And Giannis won the MVP last year, like you said, and is looking for a a repeat. Um, But I do think it it comes down to when when your stats are comparable, who do you have on your team? And what's your record? So LeBron has Anthony Davis helping him out. One of the top five players in the league. You know, if you, if you were looking across the media and they listed their top five, they'd probably have him at number five um, and LeBron at one or two. So you have two top five players on the same team. Um, when looking at Giannis, so the, the team does revolve around him. He, he is the captain. He's the leader. That is his team. The Lakers are more LeBron and Anthony Davis's team. So Giannis has really willed them to some wins. And they, they've been playing – their play has not been great the past couple of games in the bubble. They've lost a handful of games. Um, but the consistency has been Giannis performing well and doing – pretty much carrying the team on his back through a lot of this. So I, I think whenever you look at that and the fact that he also has the uh, Bucks have the best record in the league that you, you have to give the slight edge to, to Giannis. I agree. <clears throat> Looking out now, uh, what's your top five in the NBA? So my top five, starting at five, I have the Celtics, number four, the Lakers, number three, the Bucks number two, the Raptors, and number one, the Clippers. I have the Lakers at four because, personally, I feel like the Lakers aren't going to make it all the way to the end in the playoffs. I really don't. Um, I, I like the likes of the Clippers and the Raptors. That's why I put them at one and two. I think those teams are surging. I think they're coming together and they're playing some good ball. And I keep the Bucks in the top three because I think they're like any team. When you have the number one seed, you have the best record in the league you kind of coast into the playoffs and then you turn it back up once you get in the playoffs. And I expect that's what the Bucks are going to do. Can you imagine a, a, a Raptors Clippers NBA finals, you know, Kawhi Leonard leaves the Raptors, goes to the Clippers, won the Raptors their first NBA title, 
goes to the Clippers and faces the, his old team in the finals, like the, the mix of emotions Raptors fans would feel for Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi Leonard himself doing what he did for the Raptors and now is aiming to do with the Clippers. That, that'd be pretty interesting. But my top five, starting at number one, I have the Lakers. So Bucks have the best record in the league. I just don't think that they – towards the end of the season and at the, during this bubble have been performing where they should be. Um, I think they've been on a little bit of a skid lately and that's really dangerous. You know, thinking about like going back to NFL, <clears throat> if you are guaranteed for the, the playoffs, um, you, you typically sit your guys week 17 playoffs come around. You maybe miss the wild card, uh, and you have some rust on you, and that can get you in some deep trouble. And if Bucks are doing that, they're, they need to they need to flip the switch the next couple games and get ready for the playoffs. Playoffs this time it's it's not a couple weeks; it's a couple days. So you need to be in playoff form now. I don't think that they can afford to be playing the way they are right now with the playoffs starting on the seventeenth. So we'll we'll see what happens with them. We'll see, but, but you know, uh, the playoffs in the playoffs, it usually just the word playoffs makes a team play better. It makes them amplify their play. So that's true. I think I think they're coasting. I mean, yeah, they started off in the bubble really well, and then they've really just went down. But I mean, I expect them to really pick it up and get with it come playoffs. Yeah. Um, and I think they will. I think they're still the, the clear best team in the East. But I digress. Going back, still number one Lakers, LeBron and, and Anthony Davis, best duo in the league. I think they're the better team in L.A., number one seed in the West. I think that they are have the slight edge over the Clippers, who I have at number two. Like I said, number three, the Bucks. Number four, I have the Raptors which is a team that I don't think a lot of people expected to be where they are, the two seed in the East after Kawhi Leonard left last year. And a couple other notable players left. I think a lot of people expected them to fall down to maybe a five or six seed and maybe make the playoffs, but maybe not get past the first or second round. But here they are, second team in the East, one of the best records in the NBA. Um and even LeBron James, like we said last week, has said not to sleep on them, that they're very much a, a possible playoff contender. Um, so don't sleep on them. Number five, a little unconventional here. I think this is my – to clarify my top five teams right now. So number five, I have the Suns. The Suns are playing lights out. Devin Booker is playing like an MVP player right now. He's been clutch. Um, they're undefeated in the – bubble right now and they're actually a dark horse team that I have to watch um, potential for them to make the playoffs it's going to be a tough road and we'll talk about that in a second but um, I think Suns right now are the fifth best team in the league they, they actually beat the Clippers a couple days ago uh, so they've, they've beaten some notable teams um, that, and they've been turned some heads so watch out for the Suns but the, the question though with the Suns Performing the way they have, they're they're undefeated in the bubble now, doing really amazing. Is can they make it to the play-in tournament, either the ninth seed or the eighth seed? And, and what the play-in tournament is, 
is the the NBA has decided during this bubble uh, to be able to allow teams who weren't doing as well during the season, like the Suns, the Spurs, or Trailblazers, uh, to be able to play, make it to the ninth seed and play the eighth seed in a two-game series to decide who will go to the playoffs and take the eighth seed. So the play the play-in tournament is going to take place on August 14th and 15th. The number nine seed has to be within four games of the eight seed, which uh, the Suns, Spurs, and Trailblazers are all at right now. And the number nine seed has to win both of the games against the eight seed. So if the eight seed even wins one, uh, they will lock in the eight seed and proceed to the playoffs. But if the ninth seed wins both of them, they'll take over eight and proceed to the playoffs. And since this is going to happen for the West, whatever team advances is going to have to play number one seed Lakers in the first round. Um, starting it off, though, we were just talking about the Suns, talking about what they're going to have to do to make it into the play-in tournament. So the Suns have three games left. They are going to be playing the Thunder, which is a winnable game, the 76ers, which is another winnable game, and then the Mavericks. They beat the Mavericks last week, but the Mavericks are a very inconsistent team. Um, they've been a team that's been letting off the throttle a little bit a couple games ago and, and seemed to have found their groove. So it's a, it's a question of what team would show up. Is it going to be the MVP caliber Luka showing up or is it going to be, you know, losing a 10-point lead with two minutes left to the Rockets, <laughs> Mavericks? Um, so I think that one, if you're a Suns fan, you need to, you need to circle the Mavericks game on your calendar because that, that one, the Suns, no matter what, have to win out. I do not think they will be able to make it in with losing a game to the Mavericks. So Suns making the play in, they have to win out. I think the Trailblazers will have to lose one. And that'll put their record at a, a 4-5-9 with the Suns record, 4-5-6. Uh, uh, win percentage, which would give the Suns an edge over them. The Spurs have to lose one, and uh, they could even take the number eight seed if they if they win out and the Grizzlies lose out. So keep an eye on that too. Right above them is the Spurs at the ten seed right now. Um, Spurs have to win out. They are. They can make it to the nine seed for the play-in tournament if the Suns lose one and if the Trailblazers lose one. They, uh, if, the, if the Spurs went out and Trailblazers lose one, they can take their spot at the ninth seed to play the Grizzlies at eight. Trailblazers are in if they went out and the Suns lose or if the Suns lose one and the Spurs lose one. If either the Suns or the Spurs lose or if both of, the, if both of them lose, they're guaranteed to keep their ninth seed spot. And then the Grizzlies right now, they're two games ahead of the Suns and a game ahead of the Trailblazers. The only way that they would be out would have to be them falling past ninth seed. Um, So if they lose out and the Suns or Spurs win out, they're out of that play-in tournament and out of the playoff picture. So for that to happen, though, like I said, they have to win out. Their two remaining games – are against the Celtics and then the Bucks. Celtics are the number three seed team in the Eastern Conference, and the Bucks are the number one team in the Eastern Conference with Giannis leading the way for there. And I think that's a very possible situation for the Grizzlies to lose. I do not think that 
they have the potential to beat either of those teams. I mean, they might pull something out of their out of a hat, but I just the way that they've been playing lately, I don't think they have what it takes to beat either team. So I think that the the chance for either the Suns or the Spurs to to go in there and take that spot is very possible. Um, uh, both the Suns and the Spurs can take the eighth seed and the Trailblazers if any of those teams went out and the Grizzlies lose both of their games. So be interesting to see a Grizzlies lose out and the Trailblazers and the Suns play in a play-in tournament. Both teams are really heating up lately. Uh, you got Damian Lillard with the Trailblazers and Devin Booker on the Suns performing exceptionally well. Uh, Blake, what would you be looking forward to in a tra- Trailblazers-Suns play-in tournament? Man, that would be the dream scenario. <clears throat> I think either one of those teams could come in and make some noise in the playoffs. I think they could make give the Lakers a run for their money and possibly take it, you know, to the end of a series to decide a winner on that first round of the playoffs. Um, it'd be a lot of excitement, you know, Lillard versus Booker. It would be it'd be a good matchup. It really would. That two game series, it'd be a big fight. It would be a big fight for the victor. It'd probably come down to the wire between the two teams in both games. And honestly, I think that's something that a lot of fans would be hoping for is a Suns Trails Blazers matchup there to decide that eight seed. What a Cinderella story for the Suns too. If they if they manage to get past the Trail Blazers, if even if they get into the the playoff right now, they have a four percent chance of making the the playoffs, getting into the play-in tournament. Um, got that off of CBS uh, Sports. But a 4% shot, and still very possible, though. The, the ball is in the Suns' hands. I mean, uh, they still have a potential of winning out and not making it to that play-in, so I guess it's not entirely in their hands. But, but – I think that if you go from a team who people rode off coming into the bubble, I think they're, you know, they, they viewed them kind of like they viewed the Wizards. They're, oh, they don't have a chance. Um, don't know why they're here, why they're playing. Like, they're they're not going to beat teams like the Bucks. They're not going to beat teams like the Clippers. And they turn around and do. <laughs> and now now they're 6-0, looking at going 9-0 in the bubble. Um so we'll we'll see how how they handle that and, and what happens to them. But it's a very intriguing storyline to keep up with. So NBA fans, circle those games coming up on your calendar. It's going to be a very interesting next couple of days to decide, you know, who's who's going to go to the playoffs in the West. Oh yeah, a lot of excitement in the NBA right now with those current games coming up. And yeah, we'll just see what happens. But moving on to the NFL. Uh, the NFL opt-out deadline was this past Thursday. We had a total of 69 players opt-out, and notably um, Buffalo Bills cornerback Tredavious White was on the fence of opting out, actually was almost officially opted out for the season and then last minute decided to stay in for the 2020 NFL season. Yeah, but Bill stepped out of their season until he came back. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't right. think winning much without him. Well, their defense would take a huge hit with him being gone, and uh, he, he he was such a big impact on the team last year on the defense. He he made a lot, many surges for the defense, and uh, of course you have Kyle Allen and 
and now Stephon Diggs on the offense, but Buffalo Bills will still be a defensive team next year, in my opinion. But no, no other superstars at all opted out for the 2020 deadline, and football moves forward. So September 10th, first game. On, yeah, that, that'll take a hit on the, the Washington running back room a little bit. That'll put pretty much all the weight on Adrian Peterson's shoulders. Um, you got to wonder, though, if they'll, if they'll make a trade for a running back, maybe a rookie running back, like maybe J.K. Dobbins with the Ravens or, or something like that, look at some young talent to come in and replace him um, that they missed out on in this past draft. Or – uh, a veteran free agent to kind of make a committee uh, with Adrian Peterson. I'd be interesting to see what Washington does. I think they would give up too much trading for one of those younger backs right now. Um, and there's a lot of decent running backs. You still got a lot left in the tank in the free agent market, like Devonte Freeman. And I think that's a guy they're going to make a huge run for. He's been, um, <clears throat> he's been in the news quite a bit lately for teams trying to get him. I just know deals have been made yet. So hopefully they can uh, make a deal soon with someone because they cannot be all on AP. He's not going to be able to handle all that workload anymore. And Washington. He's probably just going to go to the, Huh? He's probably just going to go to the Browns. <laughs> Isn't that what happens after you get charged with domestic violence? You go to the Browns? That seems to be the case. <laughs> History shows. <laughs> History shows, but I mean Washington being what they are and have, they're definitely going to be a running team. So hopefully they get someone soon because you cannot put it all on AP. Or give somebody used to be receiver. <laughs> no, I think anyone could walk on and play starter, be a starter on that team right now. Let's go, Blake. Let's try out. Let's go. I need to start running. Got some weight drop. I don't know if I can make it down a field. <laughs> I could give you 10 yards. You hand me the ball, I give you 10 yards. You can get 10 yards out of me. That's it. I'm going to have to take five I'll be gassed after. I'll be on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Massive. Oh, so out of shape. Anyways, uh, moving on to college football. This has really been the focus of the football world lately, and massive news this morning breaking that has upset a lot of people. Big Ten has reportedly voted a 12-2 vote to cancel this 2020 season. Uh, notably, Michigan and Michigan State both reported, uh, reportedly voted on canceling. But the Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh just announced that he, he wants to play this season. So uh, that has really been a huge focus in, ever since the news broke out that the Power, Con Power Five conferences will be holding an emergency meeting this week to vote on – whether or not to postpone this season. So I think the Big Ten took the initiative and went ahead and did it. And maybe also to kind of corner some of the other teams before this call or pressuring them into canceling as well, saying, hey, we've already done it. We're doing it. You need to do it as well. Um, I think that they think they're in a position to kind of really peer pressure other conferences. I don't see the SEC laying down the SEC best conference. You're not going to listen to the Big Ten. You're going to do what you want. Um, but that that's still a pretty big hit to college football in general. Now you're, you're only left with four conferences. And you, these, these four conferences need to keep in mind, you do not have to necessarily 
postponed just because another one did. He can still play this season. So something to look out for. But Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence and Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields both announced that they're all in for this 2020 season. And uh, twinning on trending on Twitter this weekend uh, was a hashtag we want to play by college football players really voicing their desire to play this season. It's what they've been training for and what they want to do. And so you have to take that in consideration if you're the presidents of these universities and the commissioners of these leagues. <clears throat> With that being said, what do you think the season postponing to 2021 would look like? Or what do you think a four conference uh, 2020 season would mean for the uh, rest of college football? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of mixed reviews and mixed opinions with everything circling right now. You know, NFL still up in the air about playing their season or moving it back. There's high school teams that are moving their seasons back. And obviously college is, you know, highly considering pushing back now too. And, um, you know, I understand the players want to play, the coaches want to play, you know, the higher ups, that's the ones who are, you know, really considering wanting to shut down the season for the safety of the players, coaches, fans. And, um, you know, I think it would be wise to push it back to the 2021 season. I think there would be a better chance to actually have a normal football season. I think you could have fans, you know, it would be, it would look normal. You wouldn't have all this emptiness or virtual fans or cardboard cutouts in the stands. You know, you would have, you would have actual fans, whether it be a full 100% capacity or 20, 25%, I don't know, but you would have fans in the stands, I think, if they push it back. Um, of course, a four, a four conference, four conferences playing this season, that, you know, that wouldn't look bad too. You know, a lot of people are wanting football right now and everyone knows, you know, we're about a month out from seeing some action and a lot of people are wanting it, wanting it to happen. So it's, it's, um, it's a big decision to be made and, uh, I want to see football really bad, but, you know, I'd rather see football be played and it be in its normal habitat like it normally would be with fans in the stands and everything like that. I'd be willing to push it back and wait till 2021. But, you know, who knows? We'll see. What do you think? I want to know what it looks like. What are, what are they proposing if they move it to 2021? Because right now how it stands, a lot of uh, teams have already – or universities have already said that – they plan on 25% to 50% fan capacity. So if you move it to 2021, are you going to keep that? Or are you going to allow more fans in to be able to have a, a normal football game, you know, rocking atmospheres and true home field advantage? Or are you keeping it the same? In which case, what's the point? Why are you suspending the season to then and keeping everything the same? I mean, you can hope COVID gets better, not – not a given that it will, but, you know, why Why are you postponing and delaying this season if things are going to be the same? So I would be for it if they moved it to 2021 and allowed fans in, you know, do at your own risk. If you are dumb about it and then you get COVID, well, that's on you. Um, but uh, I think if, you're, if it's the same thing, though, why not just play now? All these players – made it trending this weekend. They vote voice that they want to play now. They do not want to wait till 2021. The fans don't want to wait till 2021. They'd rather watch it now. So it, it's, it's a weird scenario. You know, it, it, it really depends on what they're going to do 
going forward and what the difference would be next next spring compared to now. I think if you postpone to October to having conference only, then that that solves that issue. And I think you can play now with 25 to 50% capacity instead of just pushing it forward to starting in February with 25 to 50% capacity. Um, and just keep training and, and moving forward and preparing for the season um, instead of kind of taking, taking a drastic measure like that. But uh, going back to, to uh, the Big Ten canceling their season with this, I, I do think that's such a little move to, <laughs> to peer pressure <laughs> the, the rest of the leagues into doing what they want, uh, which is canceling the season or postponing. And I think the rest of the teams – should not give in to the Big Ten. I think that they should kind of stick it to them and say, hey, we're playing. We're going to have a national title with or without you. If you don't have a season, you're not going to be in contention for a national championship, and that's going to be on you. You know, we're now that solves the issue of the college football playoff too. Big Ten is taken out. There's four college football playoff teams. You just have the four yeah. champions play each other. There you go, Big Ten. You're solving some issues right there. <laughs> Um, but I, I think that you can still have a season without the Big Ten. We're doing conference only anyway, so just decide it between the four power, uh, other four Power Five conferences. Um, you know, college football does not revolve around the Big Ten; it revolves around the SEC. That is true. And, and if teams, if conferences keep canceling, well, SEC will most likely be the last team to say something. SEC champions, the 2020 champion, and you right. can't Autom do the Yeah, automatic. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That would actually be pretty interesting, too, though. Let's be real. That's who the real champion is. If you win the SEC, you won the national championship. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, big. That's that's something that. I highly recommend y'all watch out for this week is what is the rest of the power five conferences going to do? Will the big 10 back off of what they said or is what they said even true um, reported from Dan Patrick. He's a pretty reliable source. So I doubt it, but um, just, we'll see, we'll see what happens and we'll try to keep y'all updated, but that's all the time that we had for today. So signing off, I'm Colton countryman. And I'm Blake Anderson. This is live from the living room.